Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Acts 12 and 25, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Jump over to chapter 13 in the 13th verse. Chapter 13 and verse 13. Now when Paul had his company loosed from Paphos, they they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Turn over two chapters to chapter 15. John left them and were not given great instruction, but he walked away. Seems like the process of the missionary journey was overwhelming. Wouldn't you agree with me that life can get overwhelming sometimes? There were hostiles at every corner. I know, we, I know we suffer spiritual hostiles, and they did too. But they were suffering not only spiritual, but physical hostiles. I shudder to think some that I will have to stand next to in judgment. Those that have been so committed in the face of physical and spiritual persecution. Chapter 15, verse 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also in some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Let's check on them. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark wants to take the nephew along, but Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them at Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Please watch this, verse 39. Many of you know this, but read it with me. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. He went through Syria, 
Cilicia, what was he doing? Confirming the churches. Turn one more chapter to 16 and look at verse 22 in chapter 16. We're just trying to track through this story a little bit. Verse 22 of chapter 16, and the multitude rose up together against them, against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Calvary, what we have just read is the journey of the Paul and Silas setup. Because it might have read differently. There might have been a different group in on the miracle had there not became contention between brethren. It still works out. God still uses them. Barnabas is still able to team up with John Mark and Paul is able to recruit Silas. But the setup here for Paul and Silas is because Paul gets frustrated. I'm convinced that Paul could not fathom having himself not, not had the long-term experience with Christ, having such a divine revelation on that road to Damascus, Paul cannot wrap his mind around how could someone have a chance to serve him and walk away. And we watch the experience, and it's here. It's the setup for this miraculous moment. Read on with me. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And we know that even salvation comes to the home of the jailer. It's an amazing, amazing story. But I need, I need to share with us here tonight Paul was enduring uncertainty at every turn, even down to people that he trusted abandoning him. Please, someone hear that. Even people that he thought were close. Surely John Mark won't walk away. But John Mark was a young man who got overwhelmed and walked away, and Paul brings Silas and thank God for the physical prison that was opened and the salvation experience that's going to occur and the loosing of bands, not only theirs, but those around them. And, and most of us have heard it preached every way and, and juice for everything it has. That's not what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that while Paul was getting freedom from a physical prison, he still had a mental prison that he was dealing with. And that mental prison was the thought that somebody could fall and be restored. One more turn. Go to the New Testament, to the book of 2 Timothy, all the way over in the New Testament, to the book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 
Second Timothy four. Start with me at verse one. I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. He's talking to the young man, Timothy, he says, preach the word. We need to all be aware that Paul is writing this, drawing some of his last breath. He is, he is at the end of his life. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Timothy, you need to know that the time will come. Well, they will, they, they will not endure sound doctrine, but will after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure, 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 endure. That's a word for somebody. He said, Timothy, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. It's the same thing he was doing when John Mark had walked away. They were trying to do the work. They were trying to endure and do the work of an evangelist. He said, Timothy, do it. Make full proof of thy ministry. Paul, why are you writing like this? For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. Since when he fames or pins this famous scripture that you've heard. So many times I fought a good fight. And how many know it had been a fight for Paul? I finished my course. Through it all, I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing Please key in and I'll be done. Timothy, do that diligence to come shortly unto me. I want you to get here. And then he says it. With the, with the pen, you feel the old sting for Demas. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. Cretans, to Galatia, Titus, to Dalmatia. Only, only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. But watch it, verse 11. Take Mark. Take Mark. Take Mark. Bring him with you. For it is profitable, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Brother Herbst, I see this great contrast here between Demas and Mark. Mark walked away because he got overwhelmed. Demas walked away because he loved the world. 
It's one thing to be overwhelmed. You hear me right now. People get overwhelmed, but they can turn around and become profitable. There is a certainty to uncertainty, and it was too much for John Mark. It was too much. And he got overwhelmed with the raiding, and he got overwhelmed with the abuse. He got overwhelmed with the neglect, and he walked away, and Paul said, I don't understand it, until he watched Demas. Demas walked away with affection for the world, and John had already been recovered. John... John, John hadn't fallen in love with the world. He had just gotten overwhelmed with the uncertainty. And I'm speaking here tonight by someone who has been rattled by the uncertainty. And it's been making you question your faith completely. I tell you in the Holy Ghost, there's recovery from this situation. Your faith has been shaken. Because your parent is sick or because your situation or your child or your whatever, whatever. I'll give you the blank. You put it there. You know it better than I do anyway. The only one who knows it better than you is God. But there's a big difference between becoming overwhelmed by the uncertainty and loving the world. Stand with me in this house tonight. Hey, Timothy, bring Mark. I've watched some people who have gotten rattled in their faith turn around and become the most dynamic ministers of the gospel. The most powerful. I could introduce you to prayer warriors in this room right now that you might even, you might not even know that they had a absolute fallout of their faith during an uncertain season. They didn't ask for the marriage trouble. They didn't ask for the sickness. They didn't didn't ask for the opposition. John Mark is just a young boy. He's just trying to go with his uncle. He just wants to endure the... Nobody said anything to me about the opposition. Got overwhelmed. Even though he got overwhelmed, he crawled back to an altar. And he was reminded, wait a minute. There's nothing worth my faith. Whoever I'm talking to here tonight, I want us to lift our hands. And if you've been dealing with uncertainty, we're about to walk out of this house. But I want you to hear my words when I tell you right now. Just like John Mark, God can use you again starting now. You're profitable. You're profitable to this church. You're profitable to your family. You're profitable to the ministry. You're profitable to prayer. You're profitable to intercession. You're profitable to the lost. So how do I navigate the uncertainty? You find the one that is certain. 
the trial, Pastor. Well, you're saying that's nice and all, but, but the waves are still crashing on my life. This is so, I've never dealt with this kind of uncertainty. I don't even know how to live in this situation. Here's what you do. You get up every morning and you look to the one. I don't know what the day holds, but I know the one who holds the day. I don't know. I don't understand. I'm, I don't recognize, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just focus on the certain. I'm going to focus on the one who never changes. I'm going to focus on the one that Malachi calls unchanging. I'm going to focus on the one that the psalmist called unchanging. Tell you right now in the fear of God that you can find certain footing. You can find certain footing and you can get to a place, please hear me, where you can live your days without being overwhelmed by the uncertainty of the season. If you believe it, say amen. God bless you. I want you, to, I want you to be very intentional tonight. I want you to speak life to people. For us to be a church, a healthy church, I'm asking you this. Don't, don't run out the door as soon as we dismiss. Speak life to several people. Let people know I, I love you and I, I, I'm with you. I'm here for you. Anything I can ever do. Let's speak life one to another. And let's look this week to the one who is certain. Amen.